1: All right. A special thank you to Dr. Chris Alba for the fun introduction. That'll be a part of our shows now from here on out. If you recognize that voice, it's the voice of Cal State Fullerton baseball, Rancho Cucamuga Quakes. We had a great episode with him a few weeks back to talk about all of his public address announcer experiences and that was a lot of fun talking about that back then and if you have uh, like to go back and check it out please do so thanks again Chris for the intro we will now get back to uh, how we usually run the show so uh, yeah thank you for joining us today and let's get right to it Hey guys and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Thursday, May 21st, 2020. Thank you to Bill Barnes for his fun episode yesterday. Had a lot of fun talking with him. I have this quick little uh, email exchange I'd like to send you. I am a member of Riverside County and I just love our sheriff. He's great. He uh, spoke to city council not too long ago about some of the things that he was not going to do as a sheriff and have his law enforcement arrest people for just going about their business so that kind of got me intrigued by him but i saw an email exchange that he posted uh recently that uh, i i had to i had to uh share with you uh this is sheriff chad bianco hope i say that right but this is an email he received it says dear sheriff bianco as a community member riverside resident and concerned Constituent, I am asking you to immediately release all those incarcerated in Riverside County jails and determine, or excuse me, detention centers to prevent the further spread of COVID 19. Limited testing, lack of medical supplies, and understanding of medical professionals, and inability to follow the CDC's guidelines for social distancing make incarcerated people our most vulnerable community members. Of the nearly 4,000 members in Riverside County jails and detention centers, almost 60% of them were there because they can't afford bail. While San Francisco, LA, and Orange County have released thousands of people from their jails, Riverside has failed to act. As a result, at least 160 people inside Riverside's jails and over 70 members of the Sheriff's Department have tested positive for COVID-19 jail should not be a death sentence and maintaining jails as a hotbed of disease endangers everyone in the community as an elected official and a leader in our county you have the ability to save the lives of thousands of people from the current outbreak of covid19 i am urging you to act now provide the safe release and reentry of our incarcerated loved ones and release riverside Sincerely, Adriana. Well, that is what was sent to Sheriff Bianco. Uh, This is his response. (laughs) He says, thank you for the email. However, as the Sheriff of Riverside County, I must disagree. First, our most vulnerable community members... Are the victims of crime. Second, those in jail are not there because they cannot afford bail. They are in jail because there is probable cause to believe they committed crimes and a judge agreed they should stand trial. I would suggest future crimes not be committed in Riverside County. I might also suggest one of those other counties, Los Angeles or perhaps San Francisco, where release is more of a possibility. Sincerely, Chad Bianco, Sheriff, Riverside County Sheriff's Department. Well said, sir absolutely I applaud you I applaud your staff and all the great work you are doing I have one question and that is to Miss Adriana whoever you are out there if we should release some of these uh, people incarcerated do you have room at your house I I think uh, they should uh, I don't know if if you have guest rooms or not but, but it sounds like you are all in favor of hosting some of these uh, people to uh, get out of incarceration and maybe come to your house, um, I, I think it can be arranged. I, I think Sheriff Bianco maybe could could have it arranged. So that is my thought today, guys. For a random Thursday start to our program, I saw that I had to share it with you. Uh, yes, Miss Adriana, I hope you're doing some spring cleaning and you are clearing and making way for some uh, for some guests because. I doubt <laughs> the sheriff will release anybody, but you know what? It's it's an interesting uh, thought, isn't it? Uh, this is that is once again a person who is speaking or writing in this case without thinking. So I'm a little fired up from seeing that because I'm getting tired of stuff like this out out there from uh, media members and also uh, civilians who who think who are thinking that way, they, they, they're not thinking, but, but that is their, their outlook. They, they think, uh, well, we should release these people. And, uh, you know what? I, I am, I applaud Sheriff, uh, Sheriff Bianco very, very much just for, uh, some common sense and a little, uh, <laughs> little rebuttal there to that, uh, ridiculous email he received. So this whole situation is really messing with people, but... Man, I got to tell you, it it is really... Anyway, I I got that off my chest. I thought I'd share it. That's how we're going to start the program today. And uh, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, today on the program, we have Jacob Hauser. He's a sales manager. He is also a high school football official. We started our career together back in 2007. Had a fun time uh, chatting with him. Just about a couple different things. So let's get right to it after my uh, (laughs) angry fiery opening there. Let's get right to Jacob Hauser. Here he is. Okay, today we are joined by Jacob Hauser, good friend of mine, an officiating colleague. We actually started refereeing high school football the same year. We have a few other connections that we didn't know about that we later found out about, but uh, just a good friend. I'm, I'm really happy for all the good things that's going on in his life, but Jacob, welcome to the program.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: <laughs> well, Jacob, uh, we've known each other since 2007. We started refereeing football at the Foothill Citrus Football Officials Association. We, we went into that room the first meeting, and, and we did not know each other, much like we didn't really know anyone in that room. But, uh, you know, it's it's something special to be said about guys you started the craft with, and as far as uh, you know, everyone else kind of gone on on their, their own ways. And and I know, remember a few guys from that class, but you and I were were two guys that kind of did it for, for a while.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was, I think there were what, 15 or so of us in that class the first year Mm -hmm. six guys came back the second year and they kind of stuck around for a while and they peeled off bit by bit uh, for various reasons. Um, And then actually Greg Adkins is still around. So, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Greg. He left for a while. He came back.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's uh, you know it's it's interesting. The guys you come across, and then yeah, football officiating or any officiating for that matter is is interesting. Where you do it maybe for a short time, or you know you leave, you come back. That's just the uh, the turnover rate is is pretty high, just because guys have uh, other things to do in their lives and their jobs and everything. So officiating doesn't always fit in its place but Jacob what what can you tell me about why you started officiating football
0: you know I uh my brother and I both thought it would be kind of a cool thing to get into while while we were even playing in high school we were thinking you know how do you stay involved we're not going to play at the next level coaching would be fun but man you got to be a teacher or self-employed to have that kind of time (laughs) so you know officiating would be cool and uh, I had a good, fr- well, I still have that good friend, and she had a couple uncles that were in the game, and she kind of, she gave us one of their contact, one of their, uh, one of the guys, one of her uncles, she gave us his contact info, but we never had the balls to kind of step up and reach out, <laughs> and uh, it wasn't until, man, it was just after I graduated from, graduated from college, I was at my first job selling suits, and this guy came in, and he uh, he needed a sport coat. So I, oh, what's it for? And he said, Oh, you know, I, it's, it's for travel. I'm a, I'm a football official. I said, Oh really? A college football official. I said, that's, a, that's awesome. What, what conference? And he said, Oh, I'm working in the mountain West. And I said, Oh man, I'd, oh, I've always thought I'd be cool to get into, you know, I have a good friend. Um, she has an uncle that does this. Uh, his name is Pete Gotro. Maybe you know him. He goes, uh, I'm Pete Gotro. <laughs> and I, I had, I mean, I've known, I've known Megan since I was nine years old. I had never met her uncle. And uh, I didn't know about Mike Gotro at the time, so I was just kind of like, wow, okay. Well, I'm, I'm good friends with, with your niece, Megan. He's like, oh, that's great. And I said, well, how would I go about getting into it? And he said, well, you know, our first meeting is next week. Show up. So it was just <laughs> a chance meeting and fortuitous timing, and I showed up, and uh, if, if the season actually plays out this year, it'll be my 14th season.
1: Wow you know, it's crazy how things happen for a reason and the timing in which they do. I, I don't know if I've heard the details of that story, Jacob, just the fact that it it was Pete Gotro himself who, who you were talking about. It. Oh, well, that's me.
0: <laughs> that's yeah, really, really it was, funny. It was, it was pretty wild.
1: <laughs> well, uh, Jacob, a few things you touched on before we continue kind of talking officiating. You went to Charter Oak High School and you – Played football there with your identical twin brother, Zach, uh, which is a whole other story, just kind of being as a a twin. But you were at Charter Oak High School. You unfortunately lost in the CIF final in 2000, but you came back for your senior year and you won the CIF final in 2001. So what can you tell me about your playing experience at Charter Oak High School? Uh,
0: It was a lot of fun. We, uh, I mean, of course, the late, great coach for kind of, he was, he was the, the godfather, if you will. He led the whole thing and they had the, the tight coach, the tight knit coaching group, the same coaches forever. I mean, you figure on Dom had been there since 91, 92. Uh, Roger Lehigh, the defense coordinator had been there since the, about the same time. So they had the same group of guys. And back then it was, they were, they were together for 10 years at least. And now, I mean, Roger just stepped away from coaching two years ago, so it's just that, that kind of uh, cohesiveness, the longevity that they they were all on the same page, all working toward the same goal. And we we didn't have any uber talented players either. It, uh, out of my graduating class, I don't think anybody got a ride anywhere. So a couple of guys ended up playing at JCS or playing a D three ball, but nobody got it. We were just we just played hard and and tried our best you know and we just and a lot of the guys played a lot, the, a lot of the guys grew up together i didn't play uh, organized football until i was a freshman mm-hmm. but a lot of these guys played jaa together and uh so there was just a, a lot of a lot of guys were good friends going back i mean neighborhood kids like it like you don't see much anymore with all the transfers so everybody just worked real hard and and it was just a lot of fun and losing that championship junior year was it's no fun to lose but it made winning senior year that much sweeter
1: Yeah, definitely. And and tell me, Jacob, (laughs) you know, both of those games were against Los Altos and that was a huge rivalry back in the day. Charter Oaks gone on and and kind of been the more successful program since then. But those are some really good Los Altos teams. And you lost in 2000 to a team that had probably one of the best football players you have ever played against in Sean Cody. So what can you tell me about what it was like facing him that day?
0: You, you know it was funny we, we, we were watch, we, you know we watched film leading up to the game because we played him in league um, during the season and watching the film and, and and he all the hype the hype surrounded him and you're looking at him and, you, and we're all trying to tell her, yeah, he's not that big. oh he's not that He doesn't look that <laughs> much, like he's that much of a beast yeah. <clears throat> And then I remember because he, he was he would play defensive end and tight end and he got tackled on our sideline. Uh, on one particular play when they were on offense and he jumped up and I, I'm six feet tall and I just remember looking up at him like up and up and up and his <laughs> arms were as big around as my head and I was like, Oh he, this, he's he's no joke.
1: <laughs> yeah. That um, that that's what an NFL guy looks like in high school. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. And, and and then of course I mean they they smoked us in the regular season, but we had their we had their number in the in the finals that that uh, that year. Went up, we went, I think we went into halftime up by a point, and uh, when they came out, Sean Cody wasn't lined up at tight end anymore. He was lined up at fullback.
1: They I remember handed him the
0: ball, or they <laughs> let or he blew open the hole and uh, and let the running back follow him through. And there's a picture of him dragging our strong safety 15 yards. I mean. <laughs> It was really a man among boys.
1: Yeah, I I remember I wasn't at that game, but I, you know, always intrigued in Charter Oak football. Charter Oak High School was probably a mile or so from my house. And uh, so I always followed them. And and I know how big that rivalry was at that time. And I remember hearing people go ahead.
0: Oh yeah, it was because yeah. H- had you not gone to Rio Hondo Prep, we would have been. Uh, we would have known each other a lot earlier. I,
1: I think so, definitely, and and I remember hearing that. Yeah, the second half they put Sean Cody at fullback, and he just he just there was nothing chartero could do. So uh, yeah, he went on to play at USC and uh, some great teams there, and then even in the NFL for a while. So uh, you know what? If you had to lose to someone, uh, you know, at least it was someone like that but yeah. but jacob what's interesting is you know i've had a lot of different friends and cross paths with a lot of different people and on those charter oak teams were a couple guys from uh my from my years when i was a, a kid playing care youth league football and, and even junior high and a, and a touch of high school a little bit here and there with with uh, one of them but you know, a lot, I had a lot of friends on on those team or on the team in 2001. I should say, uh, Nick Fuentes. He and I were best friends growing up on the same team. Uh, Jan Balon, George Colley, Juan Silva. Those were guys that were in Kerry Youth League, colleagues of mine. And I went and watched your guys' games uh, some of those years, specifically your senior year, and, and was following those guys and watching because they were they were buddies, right? And and I remember going to watch. The championship game, your senior year, their junior year, and it was at Mount Sac. And I want to say it was like seven to six or something like that, seven wasn't there?
0: It was seven to six final. Yep. <laughs> a bl- a block extra point made the difference.
1: I remember it. And then was there another field goal attempt late?
0: Yes, yes. They uh, they drove down, and with time running out, they decided to line up for a field goal, and it was probably. I mean, I'm 36 years old and that was probably the most nervous I've ever been in any one moment in my entire life. <laughs> I, I just remember, I just remember at that moment being sick to my stomach and closing my eyes and saying, I, 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 you know what? I'd rather be at home in bed. I want to read about it in the paper tomorrow. I can't deal with the stress. And, uh, and then he missed it wide. And he I, I might, it might have even been short.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Was, I remember I, me and a few buddies were there watching and, uh, really happy for my buddies, Nick and Jan and George and, and Juan and all them. And, you know, didn't know you at the time, didn't know who you were, but you were on that field. Uh, so it was funny looking back, being like, oh, yeah, I was at that game. And and then, yeah, seven to six. I mean, it was a, you know, you don't see that anymore these days, but it was just a testament to how physical those two teams played all the time. So definitely one of my more fond football memories, especially from, a, from an outsider. But what can you tell me about playing with, uh, Nick and Jan and Juan. Do, do do you remember those guys specifically, or did it all kind of blend together?
0: Uh, it, it's a combination of. Uh, I mean, I I, don't, I can't say I have specific memories of each one of them. I m- remember Nick and uh, Jan specifically were just super nice guys, and uh, and Juan could be a little. Uh, uh, I don't know, rough around the edges. I, I mean, but overall, a nice guy. He's just a teenager, you know. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, I mean, I I, actually, I ran into Juan at uh, Big Lou's funeral, and uh, he's doing great. So it was uh, just nice to catch up with some of the guys. But w- one funny little story is we didn't get our rings, our championship rings, until March. And uh, I'm sure you've heard this before, but we all met at this pizza place in San Dimas. And they were calling us up one by one to get our rings. And And uh, Jan went to get his ring, and he opened it up, and it was the girls' version.
1: Oh, no way. I,
0: and I, I just, I, I mean, you couldn't help but laugh, but God, I, we, we waited months to get these things. We couldn't wait to get these things. And he pops open his ring box, and there oh. is the petite female version of the championship ring. <laughs> and and I'm, I, I can only assume they made the uh, the, the mistake because of either he checked the wrong box, or they made an assumption based off of Jan's unique first name.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to see him again and, and uh, ask him about that. I saw him last week even. And, oh man, that is hilarious. Yeah. He, <laughs> I know what that's like waiting all those months. And then when you get it, you're just like, okay, please be perfect. Please be everything I, I wish <laughs> for. And it's a, it's a female ring. Ouch. That one hurts. Oh man. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, throughout this podcast, I've talked to everybody about just the relationships and the experiences and uh, you got to play football with your brother, your twin brother, and, and that had to be special to play ball together. But but what's it like? You know, I, I paint a picture for us, if you will, about what it's like having a twin brother, an identical twin brother.
0: Uh, well, the smart ass in me likes to say what's well, normal. <laughs> what's it like not having one? That must be weird. Yeah, because it's the only thing I've ever I mean, mind you, I do have an older brother and sister, but having a twin brother has been my existence since I was born, clearly. <laughs> so it's it's my normal. But I, I guess if I try and take a, a step back and look at it objectively. Um, there's always that kind of disconnect between brothers of different ages. I mean, you've got you've got Sam, who's younger than you, and I'm sure you guys butted heads a lot and didn't get along <laughs> as much. And you guys have different sets of friends and some crossover. Um Whereas my brother being the same age, exactly, and we freaking look alike, um, even if we made our own friends independently, we crossed them over immediately. So it's like, I made friends with this guy, he made friends with that guy, and now I'm good friends with that guy, and he's good friends with this guy, if that makes sense. I mean, And, and then you've got a built-in best friend, because he's there, this, you're, you're into the same stuff, you do the same things, and it's, it's just kind of, a, I guess, different in that respect there's no there's no clash of personalities there's no he's the quiet one he's the loud one we're both very similar the only thing that i would say is different is our career paths have have diverged so um he's been affected in that in his profession now it affects him differently than than mine yeah affect me i guess
1: sure and and you know (laughs) At any time, when you were kids, when you're in high school, when you're adults, did you guys ever uh, use it, use the the twin uh, thing to an advantage or to play a joke on anybody in any, any way?
0: You know, people think we're so boring because we never ever did. We had in <laughs> elementary school, start, starting in kindergarten, my mom wanted to separate us because she didn't want us to just rely on each other. She wanted us to make our own friends and and be independent. So she separated us in kindergarten. We were had different teachers kindergarten through third grade. We never switched places, never tried to play the game. My clothes were my clothes. His clothes were his clothes. We were trying. It was like living a life with that, where it's not a twin. (laughs) And then it wasn't until fourth grade that we ended up back in the same classes all the way through. But no, we never played any tricks. Never played any games. Um, Even even like. If if I said excuse me for a second, and then my brother start, was sitting in the passenger seat here, and he started talking, he uh, he, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't know, or especially if the listeners would have no idea it's somebody different. But we've never even played voice games with people.
1: <laughs> it had to be. I mean, like you said, it was weird for other people to not have a twin, right? But like, what at what age did you kind of realize, like, uh, oh, not everyone has someone who looks exactly like them.
0: Oh, I mean, I don't know if you know this about me, Matt, but I'm, I'm pretty friggin' brilliant. Um, I knew for, <laughs> as soon as I was as soon as I was in preschool. Um, no, uh, when we were in preschool, it was like I knew that not everybody had someone that looked exactly like them, and identical twins were pretty rare. You know, fraternal yeah. twins happen infrequently, but much more common, and they don't look like each other always, though they can, or they can be a boy and a girl. Yeah, I knew that we were different in that respect, but it's just. It never really affected how I, I don't know how I acted towards others or what I perceived.
1: <laughs> well, I do remember your brother' his speech at your wedding. He, he started with something along the lines of, "Well, I've known the, Jacob the longest out of all you, or, or something like that."
0: He, I think he might have he might have dropped the uh, "I've known Jacob and Casey for a combined thirty something years." You know, <laughs> Jacob for. For 35 or 34 at the time and and, and Casey
1: for four combined 38. I guess it would have been that was that was uh, that was one of the best speeches I've heard at a wedding. It was pretty funny. And and then coming from a a, a, a twin uh, and and two stories come to mind with you and your brother. Uh, My girlfriend, Valerie, had met you before and we were going to meet up with you guys again at another place you and your your now wife and uh, i remember it was called the bulldog tavern or something so we went to go there i think val beat me there we were meeting up there well your brother zach and his uh is it his wife or his girlfriend at the time probably his wife right um she they were sitting over somewhere in the middle of the room or something. And so Val, get Val arrives early and she sees who she thinks is you, Jacob. And she goes over and she starts almost like hugging on Zach to be like, Hey, good to see you again. Uh, this is great. And Jake or not Jacob, <laughs> Zach is trying to like <laughs> re- recoil and uh, the, the look the wife was giving uh, <laughs> Zach. It was just an awkward situation. Val thought it was you and had to explain to uh, the the wife that, uh, no, this is Jacob's friend, and I had not told Valerie that you had a twin brother. So it was kind of funny to
0: hear about. It has definitely caused, I don't want to say a fair amount of confusion, but it's caused some confusion over the years um, where people have thought I was him. And people have thought he was me and it, it, it it can be really odd when you're out in public and you're maybe at a bar or at a restaurant or at a grocery store. And someone goes, Hey, how are you? <laughs> and I'm like, oh. like thinking, uh, I do not know you who, and, and I mean, mind you, I've been a twin my whole life. So it's like, it, it's, I don't know. It still kind of catches me off guard, but you just kind of go, I don't, do I know you? Or, pe- or people start eyeballing you. That's the. That's one of the. Like they kind of just start looking at you, like, and and what they're doing is they're going, dude, that that's Zach. Why isn't he saying hi to me? Why is he being mean? And it's really it's me, and I don't know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> so now now and and then they go back. Eventually they figure out that it's me, and then and not Zach. And they're like, first of all, I didn't know he had a twin, but. Oh, nice to meet you. And then they go back and tell Zach that I'm, I'm kind of a dick (laughs) because, because, but it's like, because people were, some stranger was eyeballing me and, and then yelled something at me or something. I don't know. It's just a, it's kind of a weird existence in that respect. I mean, given also given his profession, when people start eyeballing me that I don't know, I'm like, Hmm, is this someone he works with? Or is this someone who he has come across yeah. in his line of work, <laughs> who I don't really want to talk to? Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's a very unique uh, experience, it, Jacob. Even at your wedding, we're at your wedding. Me and Val are standing there. T- I think we're talking to Zach, and she's telling me you took me about five minutes into the conversation to realize that she didn't realize that it was it was Zach and not you. I go, I go, Val, this is Zach, not Jacob, and she was just like, oh my. God. <laughs> <laughs> And
0: that, so that, I, I, I think that happened with uh, with several of Casey's family members too. They they went up and congratulated him. Uh, so, oh, and especially the venue staff, they kept coming up to him and saying, "Hey, here's the situation on this. What would you like us to do?" And he was just like, "Like, bro, this isn't my uh, <laughs> this isn't my show.
1: <laughs> you guys should have had name tags. Come on."
0: <laughs> seriously seriously or, or i mean it, it really screwed things up when i shaved my head because he had been shaving his head for years mm-hmm. i finally got tired of it and i decided i was going to shave mine and i just the first day i one of, one of my friends i've known since i was five years old we were at a bar he came walking in and he came walking right up to me and he stopped halfway to me and froze and just kind of you could tell his mind was racing going uh, uh, i that's that's jacob right <laughs> and it's like i've known this guy since i was five we are very close and he doubted himself <laughs>
1: oh yeah, man was- I, I love it man it's it's something uh we joke about talk about all the time and uh yeah it's a unique thing and and I, it even took me a couple of years to realize that you had a twin brother and when i saw him the first time i was like oh that's that's not the uniform Jacob usually wears. Uh, that's, the, that's definitely different. That's not him. But, uh, oh, fun stuff, man. Yeah, today actually is my brother's birthday. Uh, we are not twins, of course. But, uh, yeah, having a brother is special. And I got to imagine having a, an identical twin is is really special.
0: Yeah, it's uh, – I don't know. i I guess I like the uniqueness of it, but it's all I've ever known.
1: <laughs> well, Jacob, after high school, you, you went to college Cal Poly Pomona. If I, if I, uh, if I remember correctly, you, you graduated yep. from there. Tell me about your college years and then eventually, uh, going into uh, the line of work that you did after college.
0: Okay. Um, well, went to Cal Poly. Actually, I went to Citrus for two years, then transferred into Cal Poly. Good man. Um, and it's a commuter school, and it was like, well, how how are you going to get the real college experience if you go to commuter school? It's like going to Citrus, but now it's in Pomona instead of uh, <laughs> instead of Glendora. So, and I mean, you, you look around, and you you park, you walk to your class, you walk out of your class, and what is everybody doing? They're on their cell phones because they don't you're not making friends. You just get back to your car and you leave. Yeah. So I ended up joining a fraternity. I never thought I, I never in a million years thought I would do such a thing, but uh, ended up being nuts. I ended up moving into the fraternity house, parties, and had a great time. <laughs> My, uh, my academics suffered a bit from it, but uh, it gave me kind of that experience I guess I was longing for. And uh, I got some lifelong friends out of it and uh, studied political science with the goal of going to law school. And it was I had already taken the LSAT. I was submitting all my documents to the uh, Law School Admissions Council and kind of started to look at things objectively and started thinking about the amount of hours I was going to have to work once I finished law school, if I passed the bar mm-hmm. and the amount of money I was probably going to start making and how much money I was going to owe in student loans. And I kind of took a step back and said, you know, I'm going to have to put these thoughts on hold. Mm-hmm. And I, had, and I mean, I keep talking about my brother's profession. I mean, it's not a secret. He's a police officer. And so I was seeing the fun he was having. I've made friends with some of the, his coworkers and, they just seemed like they were super cool dudes and having a great time. And I was like, you know, I could, I could go into this. So I started applying after I graduated instead of going to law school. And uh, it's a, I mean, it's a process. And I was kind of taking, it's kind of slow it at first. And and in hindsight, that was probably a mistake because guess what happened in 2008? I graduated in 07 and in 08, of course, the economy tanks. Mm -hmm. And instead of, 20, 25 people going for three or four spots. Now you had 200 people going for three yeah. spots and of those 200 15 or 20 of them are already police officers. So they don't have to put it through an academy. They don't have to train them. So I, uh, I, I, I was dragging that. I ended up taking that job at men's warehouse just because it was like, Oh, this'll be a, a short gig until I get picked up by a department. And I did that for three and a half years and then kind of fell into this job I'm in now, you know, I, I had an ex-girlfriend whose brother worked at, uh, the company I'm at now. And he said, Hey, you know, if you want to get out of retail, come, come here and uh, do this. And, uh, so I, I ended up getting hired and inside sales, taking, taking orders over the phone and emails and such, and quickly moved to outside sales and eventually worked my way up to the position I'm in now as a sales manager. I've been, I've been here for almost 10 years and, I don't see myself going anywhere so it kind of kind of worked itself out, you know. What what's the
1: company called you work for?
0: Uh, Tube Service Company. Tube Service. Well, it is a di- division of Reliance Steel and Aluminum.
1: Well, Jacob, I can tell you this that that uh, you have a <laughs> I think people understand what I mean by this. You you have a salesman's personality. To me, that's not an insult, that's a it's a it's a compliment. You you just have that that knack you, you you you're you're a talkative guy again not a negative comment a, you you kind of know how to relate to people in, from that salesman's approach it's definitely not something i could ever do some people are oh it's not be that hard but i i just never like sailing sail, selling things i actually applied one time at your at your company did a quick little job interview and uh I knew it wasn't going to be for me. So do you enjoy, you said, you said you enjoyed it. Like you, what, what is it like being a salesman? I mean, people don't want to listen to people sell stuff all the time. So it's got to be a challenge, right?
0: It, I mean, it, it is what it is. I, I kind of work in an industry where uh, it's not selling insurance. It's not, it, I, I, the hustle's different. Mm-hmm. So I'm selling a product that people need and use to make other products. So I, I mean I could walk by a place I've never heard of, look through their back door, and see two square steel tubes sitting on a rack, and I go, okay. Well, I know they use something I sell, and I could walk right in there and go, hey, hi, I'm Jacob. Where do you get that stuff? And <laughs> and just go from there. But it's and to me it's just natural. I've always been kind of a talker. Actually, sometimes I don't know when to shut up, but. Um, I just, I, am not afraid to talk to anybody. I read things about people like having to work themselves up just to make a phone call to somebody they don't know. And that that's, it's such a foreign concept to me. <laughs> so it's, it's never been a problem for me to just walk in and just start talking. To <laughs> and, and you find out, I mean, and I'm also a realist. I'm not, I'm not pushy. I'm not the used car salesman type. I'm, I'm more of a down and dirty. Let's get, let's get the information. Let's, let's get on the same page. What can I do for you? How can we help each other? Type thing. So,
1: definitely, I think you're you're good at what you do, and there's a reason you've been successful there for so long. So, uh, keep up the good work, my friend. Um, let me ask you this about let's get back to some sports, some more fun stuff here. You you also officiated college football for a short time. You haven't done so since uh, 2016, which is kind of around the time I stopped working college football as well well just real quick what can you tell me the brief differences that you see in officiating high school football versus officiating college football
0: um well uh it's been touched on before on the podcast but junior college football i mean you guys have uh there's there's been several different ways to describe it i always call it uh longest yard it's prison ball (laughs) and that's that's how i've described it and it's i mean the the junior colleges in Southern California are so laden with talent because you got so many guys that maybe have division one talent could have gotten a scholarship, but they didn't have the grades or they had disciplinary problems. And, and it's not just Southern California. If you really get dig into it, you find out that a lot of these kids at these schools come in from elsewhere because junior college uh, scene in Mississippi or in Arkansas or in Oklahoma, it's all, it's not very good. And you want that you want to get noticed. You come out and play with the best. So they six guys will pile into a three-bedroom apartment in uh, thousand, thousand Palms and go to College of the Desert <laughs> to play football. So you've got these extremely strong, large, speedy, talented guys. But man, you're just jumping in between. I mean, my position as an umpire—you're you're jumping in between guys, and I'm a—I'm a big guy, always have been. But in the high school field, it, it makes. I, I'm as big or bigger than a lot of these guys you get on the college field and now I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> And, uh, and so you, it's just, it's just different. You, you, you tolerate a bit more, but then you can give it back a bit more, you know, <laughs> not supposed to swear on the, not supposed to swear on the football field, but I mean, you got to speak the language I understand on Saturdays.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, there, there's some truth to that. It's you, 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 gotta, you gotta manage, manage people and manage the game. And the, the worst thing you you fear is a fight breaking out and uh there's there's been times that has happened but i think that you know people talk about it being all you know unorganized and rough and tough no i think community college football in southern california is really good football yes it has its challenges and uh, some schools are a little rougher than others but there's some extremely talented teams uh, riverside community college mount Sac, uh, fullerton golden west uh, Saddleback. These are schools that play really good football. And like you said, there's kids from all over the country who come out here just to get a look. And, uh, you know, there's there's not many people in the stands. There's, you know, 10, 20 people in the stand. But, the, you know, there are times where it feels like, man, this is a pretty high level of, of ball. And, and and piggybacking on that, you, you, you worked a little bit briefly in the SCIAC conference, a Division three conference, which I did as well. That was definitely different than community college. Uh, you know you're not it's it's they put the student and student athlete we'll say (laughs) it's not oh yeah it's non-scholarship but still some pretty good players way smaller players so it's almost like high school again but the challenge is as far as officiating goes it's a pretty big commitment they want a lot of your time it's a year-round thing almost I mean heck you're getting to games three hours before kickoff it's just I'm not going to say it's overkill, but it's a it's a challenge that not everyone really wants to, uh, to take part in.
0: Oh, yeah, no, it's that's part of one of the reasons I stepped away was from the college game was just the time. commitment, yeah. And uh, the one year, the one year I did some of the, the, the Sky Act stuff, the NCAA D3 shit was uh, that was that was a lot of football. I mean, and, and yes, the talent. The athletic talents a step down from JC, but the officiating commitment and the way it's run is a huge step up. Uh, Vern ran that program like a division one conference Mm -hmm. uh, with the grading and the, and the film review and the tests. And, and I just remember thinking like, okay, if you start the week on Tuesday with your meetings, Tuesday's a meeting Wednesday was like the only day that was football free (laughs) Thursday night, you had a probably had a varsity game friday night you had a varsity game saturday you've got your your college game or in this case sometimes you had a double header a jc game followed by a and <laughs> uh, and an, an evening game yeah. and then uh and and then sunday you're watching nfl football and then monday you're reviewing your film and sending in your game report and then you're back to the meeting so it was literally one day where there was no football at all was wednesday <laughs> so come come uh come sunday mornings it's uh, come Sunday mornings when when Casey's like, "So what do you want to do today? Do you want to go to a, a, a local sports bar and watch the game, or which games do you want to watch?" And I'm just going, "Can, can I, can I just like not watch football?" Yeah. It was it was almost it was almost too much. So, uh, it, yeah, it was it was it was trying. And I mean, if that's if that's the life you want, And I mean, uh, there are guys out there who put in their heart yeah. and soul, and it becomes their. Their, I mean, it's their, both their passion and it's like a job. More power to them. Um, but I, I do it because I enjoy it and because it's yeah. Fun. And when, when it stopped being fun at the JC level, when it was like I, – I, I to be honest, I just wanted my Saturday. Yeah. Back. I wanted to sit down in front of the TV, watch some of those Big Ten games and SEC games in the morning, and then the USC game would come on in the afternoon. And I could just watch it and enjoy myself as opposed <laughs> to going – Well, we got a six, I got a six o'clock kick in Bakersfield, (laughs) which means I got, and I got to be there two hours before. So I got to be there at four. It's going to take, I got to leave at one. I'm not going to get home until midnight.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know what? God bless the guys that, that love it and do it. And, And I loved it. I did it. I'm so glad I did it. Those are some of my fondest memories officiating college football because it was probably the greatest challenge I had. And I, and I've umpired the minor leagues and, and works college baseball now, but football, there they was a tremendous time commitment. And you know what? I had to step away. I, I may, you know, maybe consider going back, but you know what? There was something to be said for uh, the guys that do it. It's year round. You know, there's a lot of buildup. I just remember on Saturdays, like just get me to kickoff. Like all this extra stuff we've done like let's just kick this game off so we can lock in and I'm tired of talking about officiating let's get out there and do it you know so i miss it a little bit but i also jacob i also like you have been very grateful with my saturdays and my sundays i work at fox also but but i enjoy just being home and watching football cuz yeah there was a there was a stretch there too where i was getting a little burned out as well so i know exactly what you're talking about uh, stay, staying on the football topic, uh, you know, I will I will defend you in case anyone uh, wants to call you a front runner. Jacob is a Kansas City Chiefs fan, and he's been so a long, 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 long time, uh, very long time. His twin brother was a Buffalo Bills fan. I don't know how those two <laughs> how those two unique uh, fan f- fan. Uh, followings started so can you please tell us a little about how each of you chose your your uh, prospective teams
0: okay well in uh when it comes to having a team any professional team i, I think it kind of goes in the order of you defer to your your region your local area yeah. first and uh barring that you defer to your parents so i mean and you you've met my, my good friend tim he grew up in glendora but he's a Bears fan because his dad's a diehard Bears fan, and, and and his dad grew up outside of Chicago. Yep. Well, for me, my dad's favorite team was whoever was playing the Raiders. <laughs> that was it. I love it. He he he, uh, he 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 his favorite thing to do was hate the Raiders. So he he's his favorite team was whoever they were playing that Sunday, and uh, so and and my brother and I didn't really care about football until we started getting into about eight or nine years old. And uh, so we start paying attention. Well, can't, can't be a Raiders fan, LA Raiders fan. That's that's forbidden. <laughs> um, and uh, no knock on you and your family, but the Rams were kind of a joke <laughs> <laughs> in the mid 90s. Yeah, so, yeah. uh, so it was like, well, who are you going to latch on to? And I mean, I guess you can call my brother a front runner because he latched on to the Buffalo Bills. And that was the uh, that was the Marv Levy. Yeah. Uh, Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Bruce Smith era—that was their four four consecutive Super Bowl losses era. So he kind of latched onto them, but he's never abandoned them. He stuck with them through some god awful oh, seasons. Oh yeah. <laughs> so more po- more power to him. But when you you also can't ju- you you can't judge an eight or nine year old for for being <laughs> they don't know anything. They don't know they don't know the term yeah. bandwagon. Um, and I I kind of gravitated towards the Chiefs uh, for two reasons. I, I remember seeing. A play Now, mind you, this is uh, 93, 94. It was when they were just bit picking up all these future Hall of Famers in the twilight of their career under uh, Marty Schott. Marcus and, Allen. Uh, it was, and Marcus Allen from the Raiders. They picked up Joe Montana from the 49ers. Mm-hmm. And I remember Mar- uh, Joe, watching Joe Montana do... It was a fake quarterback sneak at the goal line. He dove into the pile, took a step back as everybody piled up, and he kind of just ran around and <laughs> skated in. And I... and little eight nine-year-old me thought that was the coolest thing i would ever <laughs> seen and, and 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 make fun of me all you want i was eight or nine years old they were also the only team in the nfl and still are that wears bright red not a more subdued or muted red like the 49ers or the cardinals or the falcons or the bucks it's the only one that is like a bright fire engine <laughs> red and that was my favorite color so i was like i saw that cool play by joe montana there weren't cool jerseys, and I just kind of latched onto them, and and I've stuck with them ever since. I've got in my pocket, I've got a, a, a bottle opener on my keys that was given to me uh, Christmas of ninety four, and it's a Kansas City Chiefs bottle opener.
1: I love it. I've
0: and people people say why why do you well, who was giving you a bottle opener when you were ten, <laughs> <10?" laughs> like my my sister, and because you could pop a soda yeah. with it. <laughs> Or, or I could pop my dad's beers. <laughs> there you go. So. Well, uh, d- So, yeah, I've been with him ever since.
1: Well, well, well Jacob, and, uh, breaking news here. Uh, I myself am a, am a huge Kansas City Chiefs fan as well. Two Sundays a year when they play the Raiders, both of those games, I am a hardcore Chiefs fan. So, yes, to all my Raider listeners, if you're out there, uh, I love the Chiefs beating the Raiders. It is a, a wonderful thing. So, please, Chiefs. Do it twice next year. That would be fantastic.
0: <laughs> but uh, we can only we can only hope. I'd I like I'd like him to, to win about 16 yeah. games. <laughs> well,
1: you know what, Jacob 16. you you only needed to win one last year that really mattered, and you, you did it on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, not you, of course, but but the Chiefs did. Uh, yeah. You know, you had to be you know cards on the table. Jacob married. a a young lady in KC, who is a, which is hilarious, KC, those KC, and now he's a KC Chiefs fan, a little pun there. But uh, she is a New England Patriots fan, which, you know, I I like her a lot, but, you know, I don't quite get the whole Patriots thing. Like, okay, we're nowhere near Boston. Tell me the story. In her
0: her defense, she – latched onto the Patriots and yeah, I guess you could call her a, a bit of a front runner too in that respect, but it's, it doesn't count because she did it out of spite and it was God, what year was the Super Bowl between the Patriots and the Green Bay Packers when Favre got his
1: 90,
0: was that 97, 96? 96
1: season. I want to say and it was the 97 Super Bowl.
0: 90. That would make sense. Cause 98 was the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, she, she grew up in Claremont everybody over there was, a, Oh, go, go Packers, go Brett Favre. And she was like, screw that i'm gonna go for the underdog so she said i'm gonna go for for these patriots." <laughs> and that i was what was it what was bill parcells their coach at the time parcells. carol okay yeah so parcells drew bledsoe mm-hmm. was the quarterback and so she kind of latched onto him and she and she just stuck with him now she didn't have to wait very long for success, no they, they and then she got to ride yeah. the success train for 20 years <laughs> for the underdogs but but she's she's stuck with him and and uh, everybody's giving her a ration because Brady just went to the Bucks, and she's like, "Listen, I enjoyed watching Brady as a Patriot, but if he's not on the Patriots, I don't care about him." Anymore. So <laughs> she has
1: that Boston fanhoodness at heart, man. With that kind of act, it's like, "Okay, I mean, yeah, yeah. he won six yeah. Super Bowls. Screw him. We don't need that guy anymore." I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> wish him well. How about that?" Uh, well, Casey is is a fun person to watch football with. Uh, you two, the past two years, have had some pretty intense rivalries in the AFC Championship games with New England playing uh, playing Kansas City. Um, you know, and and the Chiefs finally got over the hump, man, and got to the Super Bowl. And you had to be just a, a mess last Super Bowl Sunday, especially down by what ten points with uh, eight minutes left or something.
0: I was – yeah, I was, I was a wreck more so in the Super Bowl than the other two games. But, I mean, the Chiefs had to play from behind in all three playoff games. So, I, it, the first game, I, I, I'm used to things not going my way in the playoffs. Um, I remember a few years back when they had a big lead on the, on the Colts, mm-hmm. and the Colts bounced back, and then they, Luck fumbled the ball, caught the, air, caught the ball out of midair, and dove across the goal line for the go-ahead. That was the type of luck I was used to. So when, when the uh, Texans went up big in that first, in that first, uh, in the divisional round, I was just like, well, this happens. But then I, there was also part of me that goes, you know, this is different. You got (laughs) Pat Mahomes. He's a magic maker. Let's see what happens. And, uh, and it played out. And the same thing the next week uh, against the Titans. And, uh, and then again, I was getting, but I I was really sweating it because they wait until the fourth friggin' quarter to do it. (laughs) Well, I I couldn't sit down. I couldn't breathe. All I could do was drink drink, beer and watch.
1: (laughs) Sometimes that's all we can do, Jacob. (laughs) I, uh, you know, (laughs) and and hope for the best because we have no control. We can't, we have no control over the things. And, you know, I, I was really happy to see your Chiefs do it. I know it's been a long time for Chiefs fans. They did it against the 49ers, which I was, definitely rooting against because I have a lot of 49er friends and <laughs> as a Rams fan, uh, you just hate the 49ers. So I was probably cheering about as much as you were. I was losing my mind because I was just like, there's no way, there's no way this is going to happen. And then when they flipped the script on them, I mean, that was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And I, as a someone who's been loyal to your team, I, I, I felt so happy for you. So congrats on that. No one can uh, can take that Super Bowl from you and your fans. Uh, you know who knows if it'll happen again soon, but you got a good team, and, and I was really happy that you finally got to experience that Super Bowl victory.
0: <laughs> you there? Okay, sorry. I, I He's speaking. Yeah, I'm here. You. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, it was. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, and I, I didn't drink myself into oblivion. I definitely did take Monday off as i've done for i don't know how many years now i call it super bowl monday but it was uh it was it was awesome and yes hopefully we can do it again
1: (laughs) yeah yeah we'll see and and you know just real quick as we we probably wrap this up here soon but you know jacob uh you are you uh know how to phrase this exactly you you let's just call you an you're an amateur bartender you you like to you like mixing up different cocktails you're not just your standard kind of boring hey you know whiskey on the rocks kind of guy you you like trying and mixing up different things and where did you where did you get this interest and just want to always like i don't i don't know try something thinking
0: about that the other day i'm like how did i go down this path and i think It partially started with me getting into whiskey. I always wanted to get into whiskey because I heard such good things and I just couldn't like stomach it. It just was gross. And then I don't know if my palate changed or if I grew up, but I eventually started getting into scotch and trying different things and going, oh, I kind of like this. Oh, this is interesting. So I started to kind of do that. And then I remember being out in Fullerton of all places and a buddy of mine who independently got into the same type of thing as me he ordered an old fashioned at the bar and it was a crappy Fullerton dive bar. And I'm sure he got the dive bar old fashioned, which is smash an orange and and a cherry in there, throw a couple of things of bitters, some cheap <laughs> bourbon and some ice. And here you go. And I remember taking a sip and going, that's an interesting flavor. I want to look into this. And before I knew it, I I don't want to say I went off the deep end, but man, I started chasing, kind of chasing that, that cocktail unicorn, so to speak. I, I started, Getting more and more into the nuances and the various <laughs> ingredients. And, uh, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Whiskey on the Rocks is great. I keep bourbon and I pour it over a big rock and, and enjoy it. And I can enjoy a gin and tonic with anybody. But, uh, man, to delve into the, the, de- the history of it and the unique ingredients and then go find the cool bars that do these drinks and the creative bartenders, and, and it's, it's, a, it's a fun experience to do that.
1: Yeah, to me, you've always been a guy who wants to go find that unique spot that's maybe a little older that maybe not many people know about. It's just a unique experience to go there and grab, grab a quick drink or something. So what what are some of the places you've gone to in LA or, or wherever you've gone that are some of the places that stick out to you as kind of a cool uh, cocktail,
0: um, true cocktail well, lounge? The, the speakeasy thing kind of really took off for a while. And I, I'm, I don't know, I feel like it's overplayed at this point. But what's really cool is, not so much the hidden bar, but the uh, the bar that's making the really cool drinks. And I think my first real experience with that was in downtown LA, and it was a true kind of had a speakeasy feel to it. Was uh, the Varnish, which is the Cole's sandwich shop on Sixth Street. It's kind of the mm-hmm. rival to Philippe's. They both claim they invented the beef dip. Cole's Cole's has a bar right up front it's called <laughs> Red Car Bar, and they make fantastic drinks. But uh, we had I read about this place called the Varnish. And I kind of wanted to f- see what it was all about. So I went down with some buddies and we couldn't find it. We walked around the block. We didn't know where it was. We finally asked the doorman at the place next door. Hey, where can we find the varnish? And he said, oh, it's in the back of Kohl's. And Coles wasn't even open. Like when I say open, they weren't serving. The, the bar, the red car bar wasn't open, <laughs> or at least it didn't seem like it was. The, uh, there was nobody in there. their lights were out that nobody was serving food, but we kind of walked through quietly and walked to the very back. And there was this door and you could kind of hear some muffled sounds on the other side. So I pushed it open and sure enough, there's this bar, the varnish. And it was my first, I don't know, foray into that kind of hidden gem of a cocktail bar. And they're still around. They've won bar, the uh, best bar in America or best cocktail bar in America. And, and I would recommend it to anybody. It's a really cool spot. Uh, the, the menu only has like four drinks on it and any given time they rotate them, but I kind of write down the ones I like so I can ask about it. But one of my favorites to order is the bartender's choice, which is where you just say, Hey, I'm looking for something with gin, uh, no citrus. I want to taste the gin. Like, and then they, and they go perfect. And they take that back to the, uh, their expert bartender and the bartender goes, i got just the right thing. And they, they bring it out. And one time they, they said the bartender couldn't decide. So he made two, this one's on you and this one's on us. And I was like, Oh. Huh. So, and, (laughs) and, uh, yeah, the more I learn about it, the more I, and I like to sit right at the bar and chat with the bartender and pick their brain and learn about cool stuff. And before you know it, you start talking to these people, getting them to talk. You, I I, I'm, I'm just an amateur. So I throw around a few things that I know and I've learned and, and they go, well, here, you got to try this. And you know what, have you ever heard of this here? Let me pour you a little sample. And next thing you know, I've gotten four, four or five little tasters of things and a free cocktail. And just because I'm cha- and I'm learning about this stuff on the on the side so it's 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 a lot of fun. And- sure. Yeah,
1: and, you know, oh. I, there's a science to it, right? And oh, yeah. There's some of these mixologists and everything and I'm pretty I'm a pretty simple guy when it comes to to that type of stuff, but uh no, I you're one of the more unique uh, guys who do, who does that and it really enjoys that and and uh i definitely respect it, it uh it, i look forward to uh meeting up with you sometime when all this uh well when things settle down a little bit maybe and uh, enjoy a, a an old-fashioned homemade by, by mr hauser himself so, uh
0: you're gonna have to have it that way i changed up the liquor I, I i changed up the sugar a bit and and uh it's 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 good stuff so but yeah it's it's, well, I definitely yeah, tr- yeah, I know. It's, it's trust a lot of you. It's <laughs> it shaped our travels. It's it's uh, it's I would recommend it to anybody if you if you kind of just start light and kind of see what's out there. And, and next thing you know, you're going to be chasing that unicorn just like me.
1: <laughs> Sounds good, man. Well, uh, I hope everything is well with you and Casey. I know things are different with all this uh, quarantine lockdown i hope there, there's some changes soon but i'll believe it when i see it you know has, has this whole lockdown changed a lot for you guys any of your personal um, life I mean, or, or business life that
0: we, we as much as we were just talking about drinks and bars we like to go out almost every friday night get dinner get drinks um, sometimes a saturday night We now we can't go out so uh, our at-home liquor consumption has gone yeah. up a little bit um and then and then we're we're just preparing homemade meals, <laughs> it used to be once a week, we made sure we made one nice dinner and, at, and sat at the dining room table and ate it, and now I, we do it at least six nights a week with a, a homemade and we, we, we do take out maybe one night a week, but uh, it's so there's a lot more home cooking and uh, Casey's working from home and she loves that and I, I still come into the office most days so, but, and, and businesses slow down for me, but for the most part, we're, we're healthy, we're happy uh, we're moving right along so
1: cool. Well, yeah, no, no, no major changes is, is always good. I know a lot of people are struggling and you know, you, uh, you definitely learn to count your blessings yeah. in, in times like this uh, before I let you go, Jacob, one last comment. Uh, you're not a Rams fan by any means, but you and I talk Rams football here and there. What are your thoughts on the Rams releasing their, their new uniforms uh, as, as a as a non Rams fan? What can you tell me? What are your thoughts? Like go ahead. Colors, speak freely.
0: Uh, the royal blue and uh, it's almost like Michigan's mm. maize. It's it's that yellow. Um, <clears throat> it is a throwback to me because before they went to that kind of navy blue and bronzy gold that they kind of went to when they went to St. Louis. So it is a kind of a throwback to the the, the colors of the '90s. Um, I think that's cool. I, I I kind of agree with you with the two bananas on the helmet look. It's uh, why, why change why why change <laughs> a good thing? So. I, I, I disagree with that, but uh, yeah. when you were making a comment in, uh, the, the other day with your whole, you know, changing uniforms, I don't want to sound like an old man and all this stuff. I, I'm, proud, I'm a proud old man when it comes to making changes <laughs> like that. As a Dodger fan who hasn't changed, who haven't really changed their uniforms ex- since they moved from Brooklyn. Yeah. As a Chiefs fan who hasn't changed since they be- became the Chiefs after they were the Dallas Texans in 1960. I, I just, I, I like Classic. And I, I'm still I, I still miss a little bit of that Forum Blue, yes. the, uh, the 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 uh, King's Purple, if you will. I I mean, as much as their uniforms are cool, I, <laughs> I, when I first started following them, it was not back in the old old days, but it was um, back in the late '90s and early 2000s when they when they were wearing the white and silver and and that perp that rich purple. It was it was. I, I don't like change. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, I'm with you, especially uniforms. I am all for having a, a new uniform, like uh, as a special, uh, maybe once or twice a season type of thing. But I love that classic look. You talk about the Chiefs, the Cowboys, the Steelers. These, you know, they're iconic franchises that haven't changed much. So I agree with you there. And uh, no, thank you for your your thoughts on that, uh, Jacob. It's been a lot of fun. I know you got to get back to it. So I'll let you go. But thank you for being on the program. Uh, it's, it's just so much fun to catch up with people. And oh, it was thanks. a pleasure to I, talk I, with I you today. You having
0: me on. Um, if I could say something, I was just thinking about how every time you have someone who officiates football on, you always talk about the, like memories with Matt type thing. And yeah, and I, and I was thinking, oh, boy. what are my memories with Matt Hersima? And I, I, I don't know if I get to blame Tracy McFaith for this, but you and I never really got to work together that many times. And maybe it's just because we worked together well, but nothing really stood out because everything kind of went smooth when you and I were on the field together. I, I think only two <laughs> two of my memories they're God, they're so mild. We were working a game. I don't know if it was a Glendora game or a Gladstone game. It was at Citrus College. And what do they say? Like mechanics, keep the ball off the field, guys. Look crisp. Keep the ball off the field. And I'm the umpire. Matt's the uh, line judge. And. Everybody's been relaying the ball to me real clean, so I can get the ball down. And uh, ball goes over to Matt's sideline. I'm I'm separating players, and I look over there, and I can't. I, I mean, most of the people listening probably know Matt's not the tallest guy. So I'm trying to find Matt behind a few football players. And next thing I know, this football out of nowhere, just over the shoulder of a player, past me, skittering twenty yards down the field behind me. And I'm just like, what? Why? Why? We're supposed to keep the football off the field. He never saw my face. And he's just throwing. Ah, he'll be there. Wah. So, and that, that, and and the uh, the only, other one was the only time I got to work with you when you were the white hat, the head referee. I wasn't even the umpire. I was the line judge. It was at Bassett High School, and and it, it's, it's another one that is just. It's just such a not. It's not even a, it's worth a story. But since it's all I've got, you uh. Uh, there was a long, a big high pump that went out of bounds way high in the air. And mechanically what I'm supposed to defer to you like you have any idea where it went out. So I threw my arm up in the air and started jogging forward like all, oh, and you stuck your arm up in the air and then you pointed at me and I stopped and I gave a signal and pointed first down and you said, and you made some comment like that a baby, like, yeah. And, and, and it was was funny because, but that stood out to me because it's like something so simple that nobody can ever get right so it was probably just nice to have somebody that knew what was going on because I don't know I know you get it and I feel like I get it so but that's it my stories don't involve fights they don't involve swearing they don't involve Matt getting knocked over me falling down they're just Matt threw a football (laughs) that I didn't see and someone punched the ball and I followed a mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> and I've, and, we, and <laughs> we have been <laughs> together for over a decade. Well, it's
1: a little... Yeah, been together in little seven. Oh, my goodness. Not, you know what? It's, it's not always uh, the big stories. It's the little... Sorry. Sorry about that. It's the, it's, the, it's the little things, you know, that add up sometimes. And, yeah, I definitely have a different intensity on a football field probably <laughs> than other places. So I was very pumped up that just something <laughs> yeah. went right, you know, and had to voice my, voice, my approval. And uh yeah, as far as the other things, uh, Hey, I try to sling it in between defenders. You know what I mean? Let's like uh, playing go. quarterback, I'll throw sometimes, back
0: to your real throwing Hago, the Dave, ball. So,
1: <laughs> amen, brother. Well, well, thanks again, Jacob. It was a lot of fun. Uh Yeah. Good luck to you with uh, everything going on. I hope we have a football season to talk about in the fall and I'd uh, oh, love yeah. to have you back on and, sometime. Uh,
0: I'd love to have, See you out there on a Friday night with stripes on again.
1: That may <laughs> or may not happen. We'll see. We'll see Spank for sure. Okay, Matt. <laughs>
0: thank you Talk to Have
1: you soon, Jacob. Another thank you to Jacob Hauser for coming on the program. A lot of fun talking some football officiating. His. Uh, Life is an identical twin, (laughs) a little bit of sales talk, a lot of fun. Thank you for joining us. Looking forward to chatting with you again and, uh, you know, maybe seeing you sometime in the near future. Let's get together soon. Well, tomorrow, guys, we are going to be joined by Gabe Perez. He is the owner-operator of a CrossFit gym in North Pasadena, and what I'm going to do, I'm going to promote his upcoming uh, episode tomorrow. With uh, the, the picture, like I always do, the evening before. But I'm also gonna put out on the Facebook page the we'll call it the commercial he did with with a couple other gym um, owners and operators. So uh, just get you idea, kind of uh, face with a with a voice, but but also get just get an idea of kind of what he's going through and what some of these other uh, gym owners are going through. Small businesses, of course. He's uh, in real estate as well, so he'll talk to us about that. He'll talk about some of his old football days and definitely will be some combat sports talk. Can't wait to uh, to get to that tomorrow, but definitely keep an eye out on the Facebook page for that uh, short video I'm going to post with him in it. And uh, as always... On our social media platforms, you can follow us. Uh, we have a Twitter handle, Get Home Safe Pod. Our Facebook page, of course, is Get Home Safe Podcast. Same for our Instagram page, Get Home Safe Podcast, and our email address, get Home Safe Podcast at yahoo.com. Really excited to talk to Gabe tomorrow. Thanks for bearing with me with my opening rant this morning. Had to get it off my chest. I'm going to try to talk about a few more of those types of things as they become uh, available to me, and, and I and I run across them, so rather than just uh, read those things and bury them, I might share them with you guys a little bit, so bear with me, it sure beats talking uh, Rams football in the month of May, right, or something like that, anyway, I hope you guys got the chance to check out my girlfriend's podcast last night uh, that was released Uh, The Lady Piper's podcast, she was a little, it got out a little later than usual, but Wednesday nights, uh, that will be out, so check that out, she works hard on it, and she does a great job, so we got one more day left of this week, and then we roll into the weekend, let's get home safe for the weekend, take us there, Gabe Perez, get us around third, a lot to uh, just hang out, and a lot of things to look forward to this weekend, can't wait for it, but guys, whatever you're doing, whether you're out in the town or around in third base, get home safe, you